welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be talking about the case of the Crown on the application of Worcestershire County Council and Secretary of State for Health and Social Care. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 31. And this case that we're looking at examines who should have responsibility for providing mental health support in the community. The person at the heart of these proceedings is a lady referred to throughout as JG. In early 2014, she was detained under Section 3 of the Mental Health Act 1983 for treatment in a hospital in Worcester. Section 117 of that Act describes how local authorities have a duty to provide aftercare services for people, like JG, who leave hospital after a period of compulsory detention. This includes things like accommodation and other health and social care that seek to reduce the chances of a patient being readmitted. Importantly for this case, the duty is imposed on the particular local authority where the person was ordinarily resident immediately before being detained. Here, JG was ordinarily resident in Worcester before she was detained, and so Worcestershire County Council, the appellants in this case, were obliged to provide her with aftercare services when she was discharged later on in 2014. Unfortunately, when she was discharged, JG was assessed as not having the capacity to decide where to live. After discussions, it was decided that it was best to place JG in a residential home near to her daughter in Swindon. That was all okay until mid-2015, when JG's deteriorating mental health meant that she had to be detained under Section 3 of the Mental Health Act 1983 for a second time. This time she was admitted to a hospital in Swindon rather than Worcestershire. It was more than two years until JG was discharged again, and at that point a question arose about which local authority should provide the aftercare services, Worcestershire or Swindon? The Secretary of State decided that it was Worcestershire's responsibility, but that council challenged that decision by way of judicial review. The High Court held that Swindon was in fact responsible, but then the Court of Appeal disagreed. Worcestershire therefore appealed to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. Now, when JG first went into hospital in Worcestershire, and was later released, it was clear that the legislation imposed a duty on that council to provide the aftercare, because that is where JG had been ordinarily resident prior to being detained. Under subsection 2, that duty persists until such time as the relevant authorities are satisfied that the person concerned is no longer in need of the aftercare. Worcestershire never did make a decision that JG no longer needed the aftercare, and so the Secretary of State argued that this continued through and beyond the second detention in Swindon. On the other hand, Worcestershire argued that when the second discharge happened, it was Swindon who now owed the duty instead, because JG had been ordinarily resident in Swindon immediately before the second detention under the Mental Health Act. Furthermore, the council argued that their duty ended once Swindon's duty arose upon the second discharge. Both arguments sound pretty reasonable, so what did the Supreme Court go for? 
In the end, they weren't convinced by either of these primary submissions, because neither explained why one duty should specifically oust the other, and neither relied on the language of the statute for its conclusion. Despite this, Worcestershire had a secondary argument that proved to be much more convincing. This was the idea that the duty to provide aftercare ends when an individual is compulsorily detained in a hospital for treatment. That interpretation not only works with the language of section 117, but also the purpose of the legislation too. Once a person does become detained for the second time, they are no longer a person who has ceased to be detained because they are back in hospital. The whole concept of aftercare means that it does not apply to someone who is receiving primary care in a hospital, and given that the purpose is to reduce the chances of readmission, it simply has no meaning in the context of someone who has been admitted to hospital. Therefore, Worcestershire's duty under section 117 ended when JG was admitted to hospital for the second time. At that time, a new duty to provide aftercare arose, and that duty was owed by the authority where JG was ordinarily resident before that second detention. The lower courts all agreed that this was Swindon, but the Secretary of State cross-appealed on this point. They argued that even though JG was placed in a care home in Swindon, that did not change that she was ordinarily resident in Worcestershire. All of this turns on what ordinarily resident means, and in law it has two key elements. Firstly, the residence should be voluntary and not enforced, and secondly, it should be for the purpose of settling, as per the 1983 case of the Crown and Barnet London Borough Council ex parte Shah. Now, it could be said that because JG lacked the capacity to make a decision about her residence, that it was enforced. However, that would be wrong. The decision to move to Swindon was still made voluntarily, because it was made by those with the power to make a decision on JG's behalf. It was also for settled purposes, and so JG can be said to be ordinarily resident in Swindon prior to her second detention. Nevertheless, the minister persisted and argued that in this context the words ordinarily resident are subject to a special rule of law, such that if the accommodation in which a person is living is provided by a local authority for the purpose of performing its statutory duty under section 117 of the Act, then residents in that place should be disregarded in determining where he or she is ordinarily resident for the purpose of section 117. This was said to be in line with the 2016 decision in the Crown on the application of Cornwall County Council and Secretary of State for Health from the Supreme Court. Unfortunately for the Secretary of State, this argument was rejected for a few reasons. Firstly, the decision in Cornwall is not to be taken beyond its own specific statutory context. Secondly, the wording in section 117 does not suggest that there is any sort of special rule of law. And thirdly, the argument is contrary to the earlier, correct decision of the Crown on the application of Hertfordshire County Council and Hammersmith and Fulham London Borough Council from 2011. As such, the appeal by Worcestershire County Council was allowed, and the cross-appeal by the Secretary of State was rejected. When looking at section 117, it does seem like this eventuality where a person is hospitalised twice and moves areas in the meantime 
had not been taken into account. That is probably fair as drafters can't account for every eventuality, and all they can do is hope to convey the basic rules and something of the intention behind the legislation. This means that both of the arguments presented by either side are reasonable and do stand up to scrutiny. Why should Worcestershire provide aftercare if JG was no longer going to be resident there? But then why should Swindon provide aftercare when Worcestershire had already taken on the mantle? In the end, the courts have to come to a decision that aligns with the statute and the policy goals. I would suggest that they have achieved this here by firstly understanding that it does not make sense for aftercare to apply when a patient is actually in hospital, and secondly for ordinarily resident to be given its natural meaning. Often, when there seems to be an intractable puzzle, the simplest solution tends to be the right one. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter I talked about the controversial online safety bill and in particular the spy clause and how that might affect how we use apps such as WhatsApp. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then do check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!